Romans chapter 1, if you would please. Romans chapter 1. Let's just read verses 11 and 12 again, shall we? Romans chapter 1, verse 11. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. That is, that I may be com comforted together with you by mutual faith, both you, of you and me. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you today that we can come together in this place and that, Lord, we can take your word and we can open it up and we can study together. And we do pray that, Lord, you would guide our time. Lord God, that you would give us attentive hearts and listening ears. Lord, that we would gain from your word today that which you would have for us. Lord, you give me wisdom from high that I might uh, speak your word in truth, that, Lord God, I might only say that which you would have me to say, and that, Lord, our hearts might be blessed and refreshed by the word of God today. Challenge us, Father God, by its truth. And uh, minister to our hearts' needs, we pray, as we study your word together. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. From Romans chapter 8, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, to Romans chapter 1, verse 17, we have what we titled the general introduction into the letter. And here Paul shows to you and I that his love and concern for the believers at Rome. And we ask the question with regards to this letter, you know, we can all well understand Paul's concern for the churches that he founded. But it's a little hard to understand his concern for this church and the believers of this church at Rome, who many of them he'd never met. And the truth of the matter is that what we see in Romans chapter 1 in particular is Paul as a pastor, as an apostle, coming forth showing he was deeply concerned about their welfare and their spiritual well-being. It was his pastor's heart that moved him. In the same way as pastors are deeply concerned about the welfare and the spiritual well-being of their congregation, and indeed we as pastors here are deeply concerned about your welfare and well-being, and the Lord is concerned about our welfare and spiritual well-being, Paul as an apostle, Paul as the pastor, couldn't help himself but demonstrate through this letter his concern and his love for the church there at Rome. We've seen so far in this general introduction that Paul says that he was thankful for them in verse 8, that he prayed for them, verse 8 and 9, and that he prayed for them in verses 9 and 10. Now today as we continue to consider Paul's concern for this church, we have here in Romans chapter 11, uh, chapter 1, verse 11 to 13, firstly, that Paul reveals to us his longing, or Paul's longing revealed in verses 11 and 12. The truth behind his concern was that he loved them. And because of that, he wanted to see them. His desire was to come to them. We read in verse uh, 13 that, that was his desire. He says, now I would have... you." I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times I purposed to come to you, but was led hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. His desire was to go and visit them. 
because Paul really had a passionate heart towards them. Somebody said that Paul's statement does not lack dignity, yet it breathes the very spirit of love and tact and delicacy. He begins here with an expression of love. He says, I long, in verse, verse uh, uh, 10, he says, uh, making, uh, sorry, verse nine, 11, for I long to see you. He starts out with this longing, I long to see you. Literally, he says, I'm homesick for you. It's translated in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 4, greatly desiring to see them. The word long here, long to see you, simply means earnestly, earnestly desire. Paul earnestly, passionately desired to see the people at Rome, those that he knew, those that he'd never met. He had a longing to be with the people in Rome. He wanted to be a blessing unto them. And here he reveals to us his pastor's heart. He may not know them personally. He may not know all of them personally, I should say. He knew some of them, but may not know all of them personally. But his pastor's heart moved him to love them. It moved him to desire to be a blessing to them. And so here in verses 11 and 12, he reveals three reasons for his longing to visit them. And each of these Reasons are the same reasons why we as preachers spend time in studying God's word and then get up every week and preach the word of God. It's the same reason why you and I ought to go to church every week so that we might indeed receive these same three blessings that Paul speaks about as his reasons for visiting them. The first reason of wanting to visit them was that they might be edified. In verse 11 he says, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. His first reason for wanting to go and visit them was so that he might impart unto them some spiritual gift. Paul felt compelled. In fact, he felt indebted to go to Rome. Look in verse 14, he says, For I am debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and unwise. Paul felt that he had a debt, he owed a debt to the Romans, to the Roman believers to go to them that he might impart to them some spiritual gift. He wanted to see some spiritual fruit in their life. He tells us that in verse 13, he says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oft times I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. He wanted to have some fruit amongst the church there at Rome. So this was his passion, this was his desire, this was what was compelling and what was moving and driving him to want to go to Rome. Even though he'd been hindered from going, he had this drive to go because his pastor's heart wanted to be a blessing to the people at Rome. He wanted to impart some spiritual gift unto them. He wanted to see them being fruitful to the glory of God. Now the word... Impart, there in verse 11, for a long to see you that I may impart unto you. The word impart means to share, to give, to bestow. And it's in what's called the active uh, uh, part of the, of the Greek. And it has the idea of he would like to continually impart unto them. He didn't just want to come once and give them something. He wanted to continually be a part of their lives, continually impart unto them this spiritual gift. 
Some spiritual gift here is some spiritual endowment, some favour received without merit on behalf of the recipient. Now, it's not a spiritual gift in the sense of tongues and healing and all those spiritual gifts that we know are in the New Testament because they were only given by the Holy Ghost, which 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 confirms for us that those spiritual gifts and all the other spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from you know, the gifts of helps and the gifts of giving and so on, all those gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to believers. Here, Paul wants to give a gift to them, some spiritual gift to them. And what he wanted, what, when he talks about spiritual gift, he wanted to impart unto them some spiritual blessing that they would indeed produce fruit. That's what he says in verse 13. He says that I might have some fruit among you. So the spiritual gift here is fruit. So spiritual fruit. He wanted to see them edified, if you like. He wanted to come unto them and he wanted to preach the word of God to them so that they might be built up in the faith and they might be edified. And in being edified, they would then demonstrate some spiritual fruit to the glory of God. He wanted them to be edified. He desired to see them edified through the preaching of the word of God that they would bear this spiritual fruit. Go with me to Romans chapter 16, please. Romans chapter 16. And verse 25. Romans 16, 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But now it was made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. In verse 25 he says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul wanted to establish them, to see them established in the faith through the preaching of Jesus Christ, the teaching of the Word of God. So they might indeed have some spiritual blessing imparted upon them, some spiritual gift imparted upon them through the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, that they might in turn bear fruit to the glory of God. You know, this is the desire of uh, your pastors, Pastor and myself. It's our desire that we might, that you might be edified, that you might be built up in the faith by the Word of God. When all said and done, that's exactly why God has given the church pastors that they, the church might indeed be edified. Look at Ephesians chapter four, please. Ephesians chapter four. In verse 8, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high and led captive, captivity captive and gave gifts unto men, now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first in the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the, knowledge, in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, 
unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of Christ. The reason why God has gifted men and given those gifted men to the church, pastors, teachers of the church, is for the perfecting of the saints, so that we might come in the unity of the faith unto the knowledge of the Son of God, that we might indeed be built up, we might be edified in the faith, that you and I would bear spiritual fruit to the glory of God. That's why we spend time each week studying God's word. That's why we preach each week. So that we might indeed edify you, that we might come here each week and through the preaching of the word of God, you might receive some spiritual gift. And that should be the motivation for us coming to church. So that through the preaching of the word of God, we might be edified that we might receive some spiritual gift, that we might indeed bear spiritual fruit, that we come together on Sundays, we come together on Wednesdays for the purpose of being instructed in the word of God, that we might be equipped for service, that we might be made perfect to the glory of God and go forth and serve him. God's desire for us is that you and I would be edified and that edification happens through the word of God church and the preaching of God's word is not just a waste of time it's ordained of God to edify saints 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verses 15 to 17 explain that to us, the verses that we know all so well but let me read them to you again, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures that are able to make thee wise in salvation that through faith which is in Christ Jesus all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of rights, so that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So God gave to us the word of God that you and I might be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God gave gifted men to the church that he might perfect the saints for the work of the ministry. The men of God perfect the saints for the work of the ministry through the preaching of the word of God, which perfects the saints and makes us thoroughly equipped for service. So we come together on Sundays, we come together to the house of God each week as believers, we come together in order that you and I might receive from the word of God that which God has for us, that God might perfect us and thoroughly furnish us for every good work. It's not a waste of time. It's ordained of God. God wants you and I to be edified. He wants you and I to grow spiritually. He wants you and I to bear fruit spiritually. And that will only happen as you and I bring ourselves under the teaching and the study of the word of God. The second reason why he wanted to visit them was not only that they might be edified, but that they might be established in Romans chapter 1 and verse 11. He goes on to say, For I long to see you that I may impart on you some spiritual gift. To the end, you may be established. Not only did he want to edify them, but he wanted to establish them. And the word established here means to set fast. To turn resolutely in a certain direction. To strengthen. To make stable. To make firm. Paul desired for these believers of Rome to have stability. To have maturity. His desire was to see them stable. To see them mature as saints, that they would put their roots deep down to the word of God, 
that they might be firmly founded and grounded in the word of God, that they would be strong in the faith. There would be stability, maturity. He desired, his desire was that they would be settled in their faith. Not only that they were grounded firm in the word of God, but they were, they were settled in the faith. They knew what they believed and why they believed. He wanted them to be established. He desired that their faith might not be shallow facade, but a genuine faith from the heart. He says to the end, the reason why I want to impart a spiritual gift unto you is for the purpose of establishing you in that faith. That they would be set fast, that they would be turned resolutely in the right direction. And the only way to ensure this is to make the roots of our faith, make sure that our roots of our faith go down deep into the word of God. For the deeper the roots, the stronger the faith. Look in Psalm chapter 1, please. Psalm 1. Psalm 1 and verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall also shall not wither, and whithersoever he doeth shall prosper. The one who delights himself in the law of the Lord, the one who meditates in the word of God day and night, shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Their roots go down deep, and they bring forth fruits to the glory of God. The Apostle Paul desired for the, uh, the saints at Rome that they might experience that fullness of life that Christ talked about in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, I have come to give life, and that they might have it more abundantly. The pastor in the, in the heart of Paul wanted to see the believers of Rome so uh, edified and established in the faith that they indeed bore fruit and that fruit brought forth an abundant life in them. God wants you and I to be stable and strong in the faith. He wants you and I to bear fruit to his glory. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10, please. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after he you suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abandon the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The Lord's desire for you and I is that you and I be steadfast, that you and I be stable, that you and I be established in the faith. And that's only going to happen as we study God's word and as we sit under the ministry of God's word and then we apply the truths that we hear from God's word to our lives. Remember it tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 with regard to the scripture that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So often believers are tossed to and fro 
and we settle for the middle ground, but God wants you and I to be established in the faith and so established that you and I are bearing fruit and we have an abundant life to his glory. And God gave pastors to the church for that very reason. He gave them to affect the saints for the work of the ministry through the preaching of the word of God so that we might be settled in the faith. Go back with me to Ephesians chapter 4 where we were earlier. I want to pick up the reading in verse 13. God has given to the church gifted men, given pastors, teachers, for the faith of the saints. And in verse 13 we read, and this is, this is the consequence of all of this, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and of the perfect man and of the measure and the stature of, Christ, uh, stature of the forms of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of your mind. Verse 14, that henceforth we be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby the lion were going to deceive, but that you and I would be perfected, we'd be established in the faith. That's God's plan for us. Not a select few, it's what God wants for all of us. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 5 to 8, we're not going to read it, but it tells us that God has given to you and I all things that pertain to life and godliness. And he says, add to your faith, and he gives a list of things to add to our faith. But God has given to every one of us that which is required for life and godliness. This is not some select few believers that are able to obtain this position of established faith. This is what God wants for all of us. He wants you and I to be settled in what we believe, why we believe it, and that you and I can go forth passionately for the glory of God, confident of what we believe, that we're ready to give an answer to every man that asks of us. The reason of the hope is in us with meekness and fear. Once again, as pastors and preachers, we preach God's word, hoping to establish you in the faith. For we know... That is only as we put our roots down deep into God's word and develop a relationship with Jesus Christ that we'll have an abundant life. A life that is full, a life that is meaningful. It's why the preaching of God's word is so vital. It's why the preaching of God's word has a primary place in our church and in our services. It's why the pulpit is in the center and not over to one side. Because the important thing is the preaching of the word. It's not the singing. It's not the special music. It's the preaching of the word. That's why it's central in our church here. That's why the pulpit stands where it does. Because the word of God, the preaching of the word, is the vital importance of the church. God gave pastor teachers to the church for the, uh, for the perfecting of the saints. So that you may be equipped and I may be equipped for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ to the glory of God. God wants each of us to be established in the faith. And that can only come through spending time 
in God's word. The third reason for Paul wanting to visit them was not only to edify them and to establish them, but that they might be encouraged. Look in verse 12. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by mutual faith, both of you and me. You know, Paul has sought in these opening verse of this book to explain that the result of his desire to visit them will be that they will be edified and they will be established. He said in the ground rules for his wanting to come and then the reason why he's writing the book. But it, it seems like by the time we get to verse 12, he begins to think that some will misconstrue what he's saying. I think that he's trying to assume a position of spiritual authority. He has that authority because he's an apostle, but he doesn't want them to think of this in the wrong way. So he anticipates what they're about to do by giving a further explanation to why he wants to come. And he explains to them he's not coming just so that, they might give, so that he might give them something, but the reason he's coming is that at the same time he may receive something back from them. He says, that is, here's my reason. The reason why I want to see you edified, the reason why I want to see you established is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and of me. That he may obtain comfort while at the same time he's giving them a spiritual blessing. In other words, the benefit will be mutual. And the truth is, when it comes to preaching and teaching, we cannot give without receiving. Somebody said this, it says, it is a monumental mistake to suppose that the preacher always gives and never receives. You know, every true teacher and every true preacher of God's word is acquainted with the fact that when he is, that, uh, he is receiving at the same time that he is pouring out to others. There is something wonderful about preaching because as you prepare God's word, God prepares our own hearts. So we receive a blessing from the word of God as we study it. We also receive a blessing from the word of God as we preach it. It's amazing when you get up here to preach because not only am I preaching to you, but you preach to yourself at the same time because you're hearing the sermon preached for the very first time in the way it's been delivered in this congregation just as you are. And by the same token, if then you take the word of God and receive it, you receive the spiritual gift and from the word of God that God wants to impart unto you and you become edified, you get established in the faith, then that in turn rebounds unto us as a blessing because we see God working in your hearts. And Paul says the reason for his desire to see them edified and established was that they might be mutually encouraged. Now, the word comfort is used here in verse 12. I know that I may be comforted together with you, but the word comfort here carries the idea of encouragement. It's to share in mutual encouragement. He expected to be himself edified, to be himself established and strengthened, to be comforted by seeing their faith strengthened, established, and growing. By their growth in grace, he was going to receive a blessing. 
See, both Paul and the believers at Rome needed strengthening in their faith. The great apostle Paul needed his faith to be strengthened day by day. We, we should never be under the illusion that somehow Paul did not go through the same difficult as you and I go through spiritually. That he didn't have those moments of, of downtime whereby he, he felt uh, he was floundering and he was felt, felt it was difficult and he needed to be built up. There were times of discouragement. You know, I mean, you, you can't go through beatings and shipwrecks and stonings and all the things you go through and not occasionally get a little discouraged by it all. In fact, if you read in the book of Acts, there are a couple of occasions whereby he actually starts to allude to the fact he's discouraged only then to tell you how he got encouraged. And Paul's hoping that by going to Rome that there will be a two-way street here, that he can be a blessing to them, that he can give to them some spiritual gift. They can be edified and establish the faith, but by the same token, they will indeed encourage him. And he will get a blessing and he will be edified and he will be strengthened in the faith. You know, that's every preacher's hope. That we might be a blessing to those that we preach to and in return we then receive a blessing. You know, we, we don't come to the pulpit to preach just because we've got nothing else to do. We do actually want to see you receive a blessing. We really do would, would like for you to get something out of the service. We'd like for you to go away and say, praise God, even if you never tell us. But at the very least, when you go away, you, you would say in your heart, praise God, I got a blessing today. And that that blessing then would work in you to in turn be a blessing back to us, that we would see you grow in grace. We would see you perfected to the glory of God. You know, there's something wonderful, isn't there, about seeing children born, grow up, get saved, get baptized. Today we're going to see a young one get baptized. A few weeks ago we saw some other young ones get baptized. You know, that's exciting. It's exciting for someone like myself who's been here for 30 years or so and seen families grow up so we've seen the parents have children. Those children are now having children and those children are now getting baptized to the glory of God. There is something wonderful about that. That is refreshing to the heart to know that all your labors have been worthwhile. That all the imparting of, of the desire of a spiritual blessing through the preaching of the word of God has having an impact upon your lives, so much so that it's now being reflected in your life, your children's life, and even your grandchildren's lives. To the glory of God. Now he says here, by the mutual faith, both of you and me, Paul wanted to edify them, establish them, see fruit produced in these saints so that by their mutual faith he's not he's not having a, standing here in a place of superiority now he's an apostle he probably knows a whole lot more about the things of god than the romans do but he's saying listen it's our mutual faith that's important here what i believe and what you believe together in strengthens both of us both of us be encouraged. Both of us will be comforted by our faith, by what you know and by what I know. Because it is a mutual faith. It's a mutual belief. 
it, it's exciting to talk to, to, to others and hear them express their opinion about a certain passage of scripture and you think to yourself, boy, I haven't thought about that before. It's mutual faith. It's an encouragement mutually. Paul wanted to edify and establish and see some fruit produced in these saints so that he might indeed himself get an encouragement. And that's the Lord's desire for all of us. That you and I would be encouraged in our faith, that you and I would go forth for his glory, and you and I would in turn be an encouragement to others. That we'd be a blessing to other believers as we grow in the spirit of the Lord. Paul desired for fruit in Rome so that he may establish, may edify, establish and encourage them. The Lord gave us his word, the church and pastors, so that likewise we may be edified, established and encouraged, that we would grow spiritually, that we'd be steadfast in the faith, and I trust today it's our desire to grow and partake of that full and abundant life and not settle for second best that you and I come to church with a passionate desire to receive from God that spiritual gift that he wants to give to us so that we might be edified and we might be established, we might be encouraged and we might bring forth fruit to the glory of God and that you pray for us as the preachers, that God would give us wisdom and understanding, that, you and, that we would be able to get up in this pulpit and we'd be able to share with you some spiritual gift that you might be edified and you might be encouraged and you might be established in the faith to the glory of God, that mutually we might be a blessing to each other for his glory. I trust that we come to God's word and we come to church with a hunger to learn so the lives will produce fruit, spiritual fruit, to the glory of God. And that in everything we seek the Lord's will, so that he might be praised and others might be encouraged. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Father God, for Paul's passion for the believers at Rome. And we thank you, Father God, that in that we see a pattern for us to follow. And we do pray that you'd help us through the preaching of your word to be edified, to be established, to be encouraged. And the Lord, that mutually we'd be a blessing to each other, to your glory. Bless now as we close the service with a hymn. This we ask in Jesus' name.